and it's the blockade back room. Yeah, no formal introductions here. This is a uh, this is what happens when we record real pro, uh, podcasts earlier. Yes, that's right. We here's one we didn't prepare earlier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's not live, but live if you're on Blab. So um, come and join us at blab.im forward slash blockade if you um, want to listen to us and interact with us. Yes. And uh, Jared, you'll notice that uh, unlike what I thought was going to happen, I'm still just the same old me with no boom arm, no uh, windscreen, yeah. no cam. That's a bummer, isn't it? See, you know, sometimes Amazon treats you well, sometimes they treat you just like as described. <laughs> That's right. Because when I ordered my mic, it showed up two days later. And I was like, yeah, wow. on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and on, on the weekend on a Sunday. I selected the exact same, you know, shipping protocol this time, which was, uh, you know, five to eight business days for the free shipping. Mm. And it's like they're going to write it right to that eighth day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Especially when you, like, you were going, I mean, hey, I just checked for an update right? and it hadn't even shipped yet. Mm-hmm. You were still going, yeah, I was, yeah, it, it'd be all right if, you know, I got the, uh, uh, the the mic at some point, and then boom, it arrived. You know, right. on the weekend, and now you go, oh, do you really need that screen and the boom? So it, it I can actually position the mic correctly. Of course, yep, you're gonna wait for those because <laughs> because that's how it works. All right, so we've determined that maybe Jared is going to be a little stuttery today, but who knows? Yeah, and it's not because I'm using Wi-Fi today. I'm actually on a cable connection. I think it could be a, an issue with Blab today. So we'll see what happens. Oh, well. I'll just try to talk fast. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time uh, everybody listens to this, the current table of the week is probably going to be almost uh, finished, um, which we're playing the High Roller Casino this week. Mm. But it, it, when I was posting what we were uh, going to be doing, it reminded me of the Vegas trips I used to make. Because yeah, right. here in Southern California, uh, we're, well, to Las Vegas, we're about a three and a half hour drive. But if you just go to state line, which is the California-Nevada border, they have casinos two feet off, two feet over the state line. Oh, jeez, um, isn't that convenient? It is convenient. <laughs> um, so it's a, uh, it, it's like Whiskey Pete's, and I can't remember what the other one was. Um, and so you can hit those casinos because otherwise it's another half an hour, forty-five minute drive to Las Vegas proper to the Strip. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's nothing in between. Um, so, you know, as soon as I turned 21, me and my friends, all of a sudden we'd get this wild hair up our butt where it, you know, it'd be nine o'clock at night and somebody would go road trip Vegas. <laughs> and so we'd, we'd pile in the car and then drive for three hours and it would be a great time going out there. You know, we'd have, you know, music pumping and we'd be laughing and, you know, stop, get some food and all that jazz. And then we'd yeah. get there and you know, you're you're 21. You got no money. Exactly. <laughs> so, like maybe 20 bucks to spend. On you know, we'd have 60, <laughs> about 60 bucks, That's which right. would last us all of maybe two hours, right? Yeah. I mean, the the entire goal was to basically sit at a table long enough that the waitress could get you the free drink. Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully, right. you didn't run out of money before she came back. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the thing there. If you sat there for long enough, they gave you a complimentary beverage of some type. Vegas, uh, yeah, that's the deal. While you're sitting at the tables, they got their waitresses walking around. They'll ask you what you want for a drink. You tell them, they come back with a drink. No right. no charge. Basically, it's you know, tip the waitress. The more you tip the waitress, the more often she'll come back. 
Right. Yeah. Interesting. That's a so, good thing to know for people who are going to Vegas and want to get right? trolley. And um, so I guess, can I just have uh, $1 on black, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, my strategy, my, my strategy tended to be, because um, my, my friends would all go play blackjack. And blackjack can just, you know, eat through your wallet mm. real fast. So I would go play Pygo poker. Okay. And uh, it's been a long time since I played Pygo, so I couldn't even begin to explain it. But it's one of these... Asian uh, card games or, you know, what it's based off of. Anyway, you're trying to create the best hand you can. And the dealer also creates the best hand they can. And there's, but there's two hands that you both have. And in order to win, you have to beat both of the dealer's hands. And in order to lose, you have to lose both of your hands. If you don't do either, then it's called a push. Well, because of the push, guy, it seemed like, 50, maybe 60% of the time, you were just tying, breaking even, you know, not winning, not losing. Okay. Great table to sit at with the minimal amount of money in order to get drinks. <laughs> yeah, totally, right? It's like, so oh, that was, that was, that was my, my trick. I'm like, I'm going to go play Pygo. And <laughs> everyone looks at you going, that's a crap game. But you go, yeah, but the drink service is good. <laughs> <laughs> so you walked out trolley, and everyone else is going, God, I lost all this money and I'm still sober. <laughs> well, one of us would have to stay sober in order to drive. I never volunteered to drive because that drive back, Sucks. I would fall asleep doing. Yeah, I mean, totally. it was just... yeah. So because when, when you, was when you were driving back, that would be like early in the morning, right? right like... We'd leave at like two in the morning. Yeah, exactly. You know, to get back at five in the morning. Yeah, and that was before it... um, energy drinks were around, right? Yeah, so... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was either coffee. Or or um, no dose or any of those or, or a big tankard of soda. <laughs> yeah, and then three three hours afterwards, like a beeline for the toilet. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, and and the, I mean, the thing with Vegas is that the only time driving back is good is if you did happen to win big. Yeah. Um, but the odds of that actually happening are pretty minimal. <laughs> yeah, right. Or at least in our circle. Yep. But it, it got me thinking, well, I should ask, do you guys have casinos in Australia? We do. In fact, we have, uh, in Queensland, we have two major casinos, both run by the same um, <laughs> cartel. I mean, sorry, organization. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're all legit. They're not um, speakeasy casinos. They're all done by um, a um, chain called Jupiter's. Um, so yeah, we've got one in Brisbane, so in the heart of the city. So I'm near from where I am at the moment at Lutwich. It's probably about a, um, a 10 minute drive away. So you can go in there and, um, scamble your life away on everything. They got, um, poker machines are huge here in Australia. We've got them not only in casinos, but we've also got them in bars, um, here as well. So you can pretty much gamble anywhere here in Australia, which, which pretty much, speaks a lot about our culture really <laughs> we like to have a punt on anything but the other one is actually down the gold coast so um there's a really massive casino down there called jupiter's casino which actually has a um accommodation as well it's um i guess you could call jupiter's casino a little bit like the casinos on the vegas strip where you can actually like stay there they actually got like shows that uh, like are on there as well that you can go and see and it's sort of like a destination um, mm. place Whereas the one in Brisbane is um, the Treasury Casino, which, as its name suggests, is actually in uh, the old Treasury building here. It's like a, a heritage-listed building. Um, 
which they're actually currently doing up at the moment because um, it's starting to fall into sort of disrepair a little bit. Um, so, yeah, they need to, because it's all sandstone, the, the buildings here. No. Yeah, because there was a lot of sandstone around when they were building um, things early uh, in the century. So, yeah, that sandstone was an easy material to find. But, yeah, that, of course, is quite a soft rock, so it therefore degrades pretty quickly. Anyhow, um, yeah, so you can um, go to the City One. It's uh, pretty accessible. Uh, it's right opposite South Bank Parklands. So if anyone's familiar with Brisbane, you'll know where that is. But yeah, it's got every sort of gambling there, but it's not really a destination, I'd say. Like you can't actually stay there. There's plenty of places you can stay around it, but it's not like a one-stop shop type of thing. Mm. Mm. So it got me thinking about these trips that we used to do, like I said, with the 60 bucks. I don't know what the most you've ever put down while playing any tables and stuff? Well, I never used to play tables. My advice was um, poker machines, and I would spend too much money on those mm -hmm. um, back in the day. Like, you go out on a Friday night and have a few drinks and then just go into the pokey room and, and um, you know, sink, you know, 20 or 30 bucks into them. Um, sometimes more, you know, like maybe 50 or 60. Um, so, well, see, that's yeah. a drop in the bucket, and that's... The, my, my max has usually been, like, 100 bucks. I think the most I ever played with, uh, I was doing a film shoot and we were being put up in Las Vegas Ooh, and tough, working, tough when you, whenever you work in Las <laughs> Vegas on a film shoot, you're working nights because oh, uh, yeah. that's, I mean, Vegas during the day is ugly. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the very first day we work the all nighter, we get done, we land at the hotel and there's somebody with our, uh, per diem envelope going, here's your per diem for the week. So, bam. There's... For the week. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, gave it to you up front, right in the casino. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just as we're stepping onto the casino floor, right? And it's in cash. Oh, by the way, your per diem's here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, gambling. nobody went to sleep. Nobody went to sleep. Everybody just went straight to the tables. And... Oh, you mean gambling budget? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, because technically per diem is supposed to be used for food and lodging. Food. Well, yeah. they're paying for your lodging, and as soon as you show up on set, you've they got breakfast served, and then they serve you lunch later. So, yeah, you know, it's free money, essentially. Basically, yeah. So I had 300 bucks in my hand, and that's when I learned how to play craps. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, film industry. Junkies. <laughs> right, right. But even that, it was like, you know, I mean, to me, that was the most I've ever played with. Well, then you, you got the guy standing next to you that pulls up, and it's like, okay, 500 and chips. Thank you. 10 minutes later, he's out and walking away and getting ready to go get more. And that to me just boggles my mind. Yeah. And so it got me wondering, what is your, the highest price you'd pay for fun? Oh, because for some people, gambling is fun. Yeah. People, do right. It it's, it's their entertainment. And I've heard of guys talking about how, oh, we're going to go have our $10,000 weekend in Vegas to which I can't even wrap my noodle around that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, because in my head, immediately, I'm going, oh, what could, what could I buy with 10000 I think I'm one of these people that I want... Four pinball machines. <laughs> right. I want, I want something tangible, not uh -huh. just a memory. That's, totally. that's me. This is a very bloke-specific thing. I think you'll find most blokes, and I'm speaking purely anecdotally here, but blokes generally prefer to have um, physical things rather than memories like for example if we've got ten thousand dollars to spend 
I'm more likely to say, well, what can we do to the home or something like that to, yeah. to make that better or what stuff will be putting off for ages rather than, well, we got the $10,000. Let's go for a trip somewhere and get an experience. No, thank right. you. No, I want something physical that I can look at each day going, yeah, that's where that $10,000 went, you know? And right. you know, while travel is fun and you do get to life experiences, uh, it's, it's a hard balancing act for me like to go i'd rather just sort of spend the money on something physical like maybe get a really nice tv that we're going to be looking at every day for the next six or seven years you know yeah um yeah i'm physical things as well sure. <laughs> i mean i i guess this, i'm not much of a traveler um well i'm not really either but my wife is she loves to travel okay. um, and you know to her credit we have been to some pretty fun places mostly um New Zealand, because that's where she grew up. But there's mm -hmm. a lot of New Zealand that you can explore. If for, for those people who are thinking of going to the US, New Zealand's quite like Canada in its terrain. <laughs> um, so you can save a fortune by going to New Zealand in the, in the snow. As, and, as somebody just said to me uh, the other day to make me crack up, Canada is Mexico with sweaters. <laughs> Mexico <laughs> with sweaters. I don't know if that's very complimentary. <laughs> Canada looks all right to me as a destination. Like, it looks like a really friendly part of the world. Um, sure. And, you know, it would be a nice place to go. And um, um, they drink a little bit too much cores, though, don't they? Okay. I have no idea what they're drinking for. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you. This is, this is just what the what the movies tell me. So yeah, this is an informed <laughs> decision from the colony. So don't don't mind me. Get a lot of Canadian all. movies up there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> e? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I, I, the only real trip I've ever gone on was me and my wife took our honeymoon to Australia. All right. And that was because it was one of those places that we both really, really, really wanted to visit at some point mm -hmm. in our lives. Yep. But when we went there, it was also with the idea of, and we are going to do all fun things. Yep. So we made sure we went bungee jumping. We went white water rafting. We made sure we climbed on top of the Sydney Harbor Bridge. Um all the cool things. Yeah, because it was like we wanted to have something specific memory wise and you know to have a you know that kind of an experience that it's hard to duplicate anywhere else. Yeah. But and and the experience was great and we talk about it you know to this day all the time. Yeah. But it was a big chunk of change. It was a change, big right? chunk of change. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, Let's like, put it to you this way. There's a reason why we got married in Las Vegas. Because <laughs> why spend all that money on a ceremony? We're going to spend it on us. <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Screw all your friends. Exactly. Australia <laughs> because we have <laughs> grand aspirations of being world travelers. Hey, we still invited everybody out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What, to Vegas? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be like yeah. they must cater for that just so well over there in Vegas. Um, They've gotten really good at it, and mm. I, we, my, my wife's sister and her cousin both got married in Vegas, also, and I, because it literally is one of those things where why are you going to spend a buttload of money on, you know, the ceremony and renting a space to host it, and then paying for all the food and you know blah blah blah, where. In Vegas, that's just what they do. There's not really an upcharge for weddings. You know what I mean? No. 
because that's so, the, I mean that's what, the reason why people go there to have a Vegas wedding, you know. It's well, see, it we is, didn't do the drive-through or anything. <laughs> we <laughs> it's a drive-through wedding service. <laughs> oh, Jared, you don't even know. Would yes. you like Elvis with that? <laughs> yes. No, I'm not kidding you. They have a they, there's there is a chapel called oh guy okay, I won't call it, I want to say it's the Love Me Tender Chapel, um, but you can get married <laughs> you know by Elvis. My my sister and brother-in-law got their re redid their vows there uh, in Vegas, and they went to like one of those type of Ve- like Elvis chapels, and it was mm-hmm. hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could just tell they were standing there with the like because it was recorded, so they could <laughs> relive the moment. And well, we was, we had ours worst thing ever. We had ours at uh, uh, one of the hotels, uh, Monte Carlo, oh, yeah. and use our facility and everything. The entire ceremony, six minutes. <laughs> Boom. From from there the time <laughs> from the time she walked down the aisle to the time we walked out of the room, six minutes. <laughs> so you walk up to the altar, we're we're here to get today to get married. Do you do you take your lovely wife to marry you? Yes. More or less. <laughs> All right, good. Let's sign these papers and we're done. Now go and gamble. Here's a retainer. <laughs> that's that's more or less what happened. <laughs> Yeah, wow. That, that night, I went and did the. It's the only time I've ever done it uh, before and since. Uh, went and sang karaoke that night. <laughs> that wow. Was, because you know, it's just like, okay, the ceremony's done. We we have everybody up to our room for the reception, and you know, served uh, uh, cake and and drink and stuff. stuff. And then afterwards, it was like, okay, well, what, you know, what are we gonna do? We don't have to entertain you anymore, right? It's Las Vegas. Go entertain yourselves. So, and so a bunch yeah. of my friends, I was like, what are you guys, you know, heading off and doing? They're like, oh, we're going to go sing karaoke. It's like, all right. So sure. Now, let's now, do that. Let, let's find out how appropriate this is. The song I sang, The Clash is Should I Stay or Should I Go? <laughs> <laughs> could it be worse? You could have sung. That's my wedding song. Just every time I hear that, that's what it's I think wedding of. It's wedding in Vegas. <laughs> you should have. Um, it could have been worse. It could have been um, uh, White Wedding. <laughs> which is essentially all about divorce, really. <laughs> so, yeah, I had this situation where I was at a, a friend's uh, wedding and they were everyone was going around the table singing like the chorus from wedding songs that had a wedding um, theme. Okay. And as they were going through, they were, I was saying, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. And then it was getting towards my end of the, um, the table. I was going, oh, what am I going to sing? And I was running through the different songs through my mind and White Wedding was one of them. I went... Uh, I just reviewed the lyrics. I no, not suitable. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, oh, there was a couple of other ones that, which escaped me at the moment. But I was like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, on the edge there, I don't know. I get some strange looks if I, if I sung them. And I just <laughs> went, oh, I've got nothing. You've already sung all the songs I know and then sort of like pass it off. But I just went, oh, jeez. I was going to laugh at the very next person then saying, why wedding? <laughs> <laughs> like, damn just, it. Yeah. There's a, the other one that seems to be really popular at weddings is I'll Be Watching You by Sting. And that's a creepy song. Like that's Sting openly admits that that is not the sort of song that I'd be singing at my wedding um, because it's not about weddings. You know, it's, it feels, it sounds like it's, um, you know, supposed to be really caring. And I, you know, every step you take, I'll, I'll be there, I'll be watching you. But no, not really. <laughs> at least it wasn't wrapped around your finger. <laughs> Yes. Geez, there's so many different inappropriate songs you could sing at a wedding. Like, um, really? Yeah. The the list could be endless. It could be. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. At, I mean, how many uh, 
how many bad songs get played at weddings? I mean, we all have been to them. We all have heard them. We've all rolled our eyes, gone either, oh, God, that song again, or really? Okay. <laughs> at our wedding, we, we were going to do something cool, but it didn't come off in the day. Do you know um, Dave Dobbin's song, Slice of Heaven, which is from no. Foot Trot Flats, the no. movie? Um, well, well, what's the movie? Foot Trot Flats. It's an animated um, uh, sort of sort of like a cartoon with a dog in it. Um, it's very popular here in Australia and New Zealand. Um, it has not made it to our shores. You should go and check it out. It's, um, it's, it's a short film. It won't take too much of your time up, but yeah, there's this one song in it, which is, um, very, very popular called slice of heaven. And, um, we were going to, um, have the wedding party sing the, um, the sort of intro to that, which is da, 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 da. They were going to start that off as, um, as we, um, were walking back up the aisle again, they just start breaking the song and then they were going to cut to the real version. But, mm. um, we, <laughs> we didn't quite orchestrate it that well, but it would have been pretty cool. Like the, the groom's party just sort of started singing the, the baritone of that. And then the ladies started singing the, um, uh, uh, not falsetto, but the um, tenor range. That would have been pretty cool. There, there's lots of different things you can do at weddings to make them cool or different or memorable. Um, we just had ours on an island. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we It was really good. Um, they, they had this wedding island, which is on South Stradbroke Island, very close to the Gold Coast, actually. Um, and yeah, we they basically had this boat, and we went over on the boat, and, um, yeah, they had this nice little sort of open air wedding chapel there. Um, and then the reception venue was right there as well. So we just wandered up the path to the reception venue and had a nice meal and everyone danced and drank and it was great. And, Good you know, time. there was no, there was no driving. Everyone could actually come and see you get your photos taken, um, rather than, you know, the wedding party just shooting off to some like exotic location. But, you know, we wanted beach shots and the beach is right there. So. We had yeah. our sunset shots and everyone could watch if they wanted to. So it was kind of really, it was really inclusive. It was good. Yeah, I think the worst would be, I mean, I've fortunately never been invited to one, but uh, when they do the party boat for a reception, because the problem is you, <laughs> you cannot leave. <laughs> well, it's a little bit like this island too. It didn't have a bridge going to it. So it was boat in, boat out, but, um, you know, it, it wasn't But did like everybody was... have to take the same boat? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you were trapped. Yeah, technically. You, I mean, you, you, could, you, could, you could order a water taxi if you wanted to, but, you know, that would start getting expensive. Um, if you really wanted to get <laughs> yeah, off the I island, don't think Uber is going to pick you up on that. Uh, <laughs> Uber with jet skis. <laughs> Uber J, not Uber X. I wonder if they they should do that at uh, uh, Havasu. Uh, I know now I'm speaking a language you don't know. Uh, there's the Colorado River that uh, uh, it runs on the border of Arizona, California, and uh, winds up feeding. I'm probably getting this all messed up. But anyway, body of water, they call it uh, uh, Lake Havasu, and it's a very popular destination for spring break and such, but people just go get sloppy drunk on boats. And uh, Isn't, Is that the one that's drying up at the moment? We saw. I'm sure it is. It's one of the, the many. one that was. Wasn't it the one formed by accident when one of the levee banks broke and it just flooded this massive plain? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, like have a. But anyway, the you have 
so many people out on the water and so many of them are just drunk mm. that it would be just like, yeah, I wonder if an Uber app would work out there. You know, <laughs> come pick me up on this boat, the name of this and take me back to my campsite. <laughs> yeah, totally. I reckon it would. Cause it, I think if, if it's the same place, um, I think they're, it's funny that they're actually talking about this down here in Australia, but it was just coincidental because last night they were running a story on it, one of our current affairs programs, where uh, if it's the same lake, it's drying up. And because of the water crisis in uh, California, they're actually going to like actually fix up the, the weir bank again so it redirects the water back into mm. the... don't think it's... No, it wouldn't be the Hudson. That's the wrong end of uh, the, the country. Um, yeah. But it must be the, the river you're talking about, the Colorado River. Colorado, yeah. Yeah. And um, the idea is that because it's so flat and so shallow, the water evaporates really quickly in it. Yeah. You, don't, you, you guys don't need that at the moment. <laughs> you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're going to fix it up. But the problem is that it's like, you know, it'll actually turn that lake into a massive dust bowl. There so, are some exceedingly dramatic pictures of the various lakes in California that have been drying up. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy terrible. when you see yeah. what the water level, you know, because you can clearly see where the water level used to be. And then, you know, where it's down and, and uh, there's yeah. one particular lake that there was some old Western town that had gotten, it had been flooded when they yep. did the thing. And now it's completely dry and people can go and, and visit where this, town used to be before it got flooded that's pretty incredible bad but incredible yeah i remember there <clears throat> when our dam here was really low in the the height of the drought uh, back in the early 2000s here um we like you could actually go and see the the old fences from the properties and stuff that were down mm. um in the valley uh, before they flooded it and there weren't any houses or anything they actually like cleaned all that up before they flooded the plain but um yeah, it was, it was like, wow, it's like a snapshot in time, really. That's it, sort of, it's like Atlantis. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, very strange to see what's what's hidden below things. Very strange indeed. Kind of scary, too. Mm, yeah, it is. Yeah, I really hope you imagine if they Imagine if that so. happened in, like, you know, the swamps in Florida or uh, the the... Where is it in Jersey? Where basically where they dump all the bodies. Oh yeah, they'd be like, <laughs> they'd be like, boom. it's a mass grave uncovering. It'd be terrible. <laughs> well, that's if the crocs don't get them first, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's alligators here. Crocs to you, Alli alligators to us. Alligators, yeah. Big lizards. Big lizards. Yeah. Big lizards with pointy teeth. Yeah. <laughs> we get a lot of the um, reality TV shows about you know swamp swamp hunters and. <laughs> the random bayou tv <laughs> um down here uh and i'm just looking at them going there's no way i want to live anywhere in the swamp region it mm. sounds pretty terrible really um not to mention the mosquitoes that you have to put up with but um yeah no thank you no hard pass yeah i, I don't really want to have to deal with yeah large giant lizards or 18 foot boa constrictors um, yeah, because it's not just the crocs you need. Sorry, the alligators you need to worry about. It's all the other wildlife there as well. Well, apparently so, that's what they were talking about in Florida. In certain parts of Florida, the uh, Burmese pythons 
are taking over. Oh. And so, I mean, they're basically doing the, you know, if you see a Python on site, kill it. You know, that's right. your, they want you to get rid of them because they've become a pest problem. They've already consumed ah. all the mice, which on the so one hand, you'd say, hey, but they're basically screwing up the ecosystem, you know, the balance and, yeah, and right. one of those alpha predator kind of things, although the alligators can still beat them. But yeah. <laughs> for now, <laughs> for now, I've, I've seen the videos awesome. before of the, of the, <laughs> the, the snake trying to take out alligators is like, e. mm, yeah, it's like a battle of the reptiles. Oh my god, it's, it's a cage match. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's ten thousand years BC or whatever, ten million years BC. <laughs> Have you? Um, I know you've been really busy on set and stuff at the moment. Yeah. Have you actually done um, anything pinball related over the last couple of months at all, apart from TPA, of course, which you're. No, I have not been to my last three uh, pinball meetings. Mm, that's um, a real shame. So the next one is first Sunday of December, so I will be doing everything in my power to go to that one. Mm. Um, just because I, I think if you don't show up to you know X amount, you wind up getting dropped off the list, and uh, you know because there's a waiting list of people that want to get in to the yeah. to the league. Because so, one of those, one of those, I guess it rotates. It's a private collection, is it? So you go to everyone's houses and do like a rotation around their garages or their basements. Is that the idea? We only go to one person's house each month. Okay. Um, so there's probably eight guys, maybe nine guys whose houses that we go to. Some of them wind up hosting twice in a yeah. year. Um, and you just have but to. Yes, they're private collections. When the um, Mr. Whitewood comes around, hey, because <laughs> his collection sounds amazing. Yeah, and everybody tends to show up for that one. That one's yeah, that one's the, like, yeah, the can't miss. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Count me that in. one's the can't miss. Interestingly yep. enough, the one that always winds up landing on Super Bowl Sunday, um, a lot of people show up to also, and it just becomes a Super Bowl Super Bowl party with pinball with pinball. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. Is, yeah, for for fans of um, Gridiron is probably a pretty good balance, really. Well, because the Super Bowl is typically not that good of a game anyway. No. So you know you got this gathering of people and you know all the snacks and everything. So I mean it, it's it's a pretty It'd good time. It'd be a fun, well. Is it usually like a day that you spend, or is it like um like an evening? For the what the pinball league? Yeah. Um. It's. Basically, doors open at two, from mm-hmm. two o'clock to four o'clock. It's open play. Play whatever table you want as many times mm-hmm. as you want. So that's your practice session. The yep. tournament proper starts at four o'clock. Winds up finishing at about seven thirty or so. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it winds up being, you know, five five hours, six hours. I wish it was a little bit like that for us here. We do ours in the evening because everyone in the um in the tournament has day jobs, of course. So that mm-hmm. means we have to do it after work. So it's a Monday. Uh, it's usually one Monday every month. So one, one blockade recording session every month is a bit of a long day for me. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, which I, I'm, I'm not complaining about. It's good because it's full of pinball. So, yeah. you know, no, no problems there. So, uh, yeah, we, we, I think they've had to actually move the time forward. Usually it was 6.30, but we've moved it to 6 because there's just so many people turning up. 
and mm-hmm. we've only got six tables to play on. And Ooh. some of those tables are um, really long play tables. Like the the ones at the moment, we've got a um, Stern Trident, a Stern Magic, which are really quick to play, of course, because they're early solid states. Um, we had a Black Knight 2000, which is gone, um, and that's been substituted with... Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's another early um, solid state. So that's like the old, the, the early solid state row of three machines is like everyone gets those done real quick. And then they usually go on to free play for the rest of the night while people are waiting for the other tables, mm. which are at the moment Terminator 2, um, Family Guy, and um, I'd like to say it's not World Poker Tour, but it's, um, or maybe it is World Poker Tour. Yeah. I think it's World Poker Tour, the one with all the drop targets everywhere. Yeah. I think it's World Poker Tour. That's and, that one. Yeah, that where I was always the one that takes, that everyone is waiting on towards the end of the night. I really wish the operator would just go, right, every table in this in this um, location is going to be a fast play table. So tables that either, you know, are quick to play or don't let you grind as much because um, it would just mean that everyone can get through their their games and then we could wrap up the night relatively early. Right. Sometimes it, it goes until like 9.30 and that's with the early start. So from 6 o'clock to about 9.30, we're doing qualifying. And then from there, we go into the finals. So it is, it's just too long. Like, Our, really. the Most of the guys with their collections is, you know, if, if they're into the DMD tables or the modern tables, that's all they're going to have. There's another, there was one guy who he, all he liked was EMs. So his entire collection was EMs. So those days usually go smooth. There's a couple of guys though, who is like 50, 50. They got EMs. They've got more modern. And those days are painfully long because you're right. You go play the EM, boom, bam, you're done. You're like, I'm ready for my next round. Mm-hmm. And then you got, you know, the guys that, you know, playing Twilight Zone and they're all masters of it. And you're just sitting there. Wrong way. Oh, my God. You're, you're like, come on, hurry up. You've got and, to do it. style, eh? You've got to go and have the operator be there on the night and widen up the out lanes to gaping holes and, you know, tweak the machine so it encourages fast play. Um, yeah, but even then that doesn't quite do it because some of these – I mean. I'm telling you, one of our players is like number 18 in the world. So, (laughs) you know, you're not going to really mess him up much. (laughs) Yeah, right. Our our play is just like what we do with Tournament of the Month, where it's, you know, uh, in the league at six rounds. Mm. Now, you can move on to the next round whenever you can, but that just means you need the other three players to be able to play also. Mm. And that's what you wind up waiting on is, you know, the other players becoming available. Not only that, but some of the players are kind of inconsiderate (laughs) in that they'll finish their table and then they'll go, you know, FO somewhere to, you know, to eat a snack and talk and they won't pay any attention as to when it's time for their next table to play. They make Mm -hmm. somebody go hunt them down and say, hey, come on, we're ready to play. Oh, okay. It's like, come on, have a clue, right? You know, don't make us go digging through 40 people through three different rooms trying to find you, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, so exactly. that it's kind tough. of annoys me. And, but the thing that really bones us 
and this has happened on many occasions, like it'll be a second round of play and all of a sudden one of the machines will break. Oh. So, so they'll spend the next 15 minutes machine. trying to repair it first. All right. And even if they fix it, the problem is, is that table is now totally bogged down. It's the log jam. Mm. And there's been occasions where I've been ready to start round six and the people that I'm supposed to be playing with are still on round four. No. And yeah. because you're not allowed, the, our league says during the tournament, you're not allowed to play tables other than what you're playing for, you know, the tournament. Okay. So they turn off all the machines that aren't actually in tournament. Mm. Well, now you're surrounded by pinball machines and you can't play any of them. Can't play any of them. Wow, so you're just twiddling your thumbs waiting. <laughs> and especially if you're in, ready for round six, you're like, I could just go home. Just, come on, come on, come on, come yeah, on. I could, I could totally just, yeah, I could just go home. This would be great. <laughs> this is a problem we have at the, the league at the moment. I reckon I should have a whisper to the guy and say, look, could you put really fast playing machines? Or if you're not going to put fast playing machines there, put all of them as long playing machines. So every machine has like a... Right, like a, an equal sort of time. Um, the the problem the guy has, though, of course, is he's running multiple locations, so he's got to rotate the machines in and out to sort of yeah. keep fresh. And you know, even though the the Brisbane Pinball Club uses this site exclusively, he's only got a finite number of machines he can put in there um, at any one time, but still keep his other locations happy. Because of course, they want the latest machines there. They don't really want. Mm. Um, uh, early solid states because they just don't really take the, the money. Though I had a look in the um, in the cash box when he had um, Kingpin open the other day, which is a godly wedgehead, and I I'm, I was pretty staggered with the amount of dollar coins in there um, for an EM. Uh, it was pretty impressive <laughs> the amount of money this thing was taking for an EM. I don't know when he does his collections, but yeah. man, there, there was like a, a fair few dollar coins. I reckon there would be about a hundred bucks in there. Well. For an EM, yeah. which is bloody good. Um, so, yeah, um, this guy does all right out of it because I think he gets paid a retainer for each tournament. Okay. So part of the tournament money goes to him directly. I think it's like 100 bucks or something like that. So it's a pretty good night hmm. for him um, for just being up there and actually playing games and drinking beer himself. So he's sort of getting paid to be there. Pretty good. That is another thing with our tournament that everybody kind of when I when I talk to people that don't know about ours, but there's no alcohol at our tournament allowed. Oh, really? That's the response that everybody gives. Everybody goes, it's like, but, uh, "Wow, how do you play pinball without alcohol? I don't understand." I need performance enhancing beers to to play <laughs> pinball. Like it, I, I don't play pinball well unless I've had a couple of drinks. Um, and I don't I, know I, about you, but I actually play better when people are talking to me. Like when they when they like giving me a bit of a heckling. I do oh, so much better on pinball when they do because I feel relaxed mm. and um, like I'm not trying to just concentrate on the ball and getting pissed off when it goes down the outlane and stuff like yeah. that. I'm just, yeah, I play heaps better when people give me shit about my game going, <laughs> oh, oh, you know, the other drop target, <laughs> you know, just giving me a real ribbing. It's great. I love it. I don't, I don't think I've ever been heckled, probably because my gameplay is never good enough to get heckled. But uh... <laughs> you just say for the lols. Like you exactly, exactly. I'm actually there for the beer and the the good company you get at tournaments. Like there's there's a lot of good people hanging around there. So it, um, it is interesting though because uh, I have my theory as to why alcohol is not allowed, and it actually it's twofold. One, it's you're at somebody's house, mm -hmm. and 
they probably don't want any mischief going on because of somebody not being able to, to handle the liquor. Two, though, is it's these fully restored machines, and they probably don't want anybody slamming the glass or you know spilling their drink on top of it. Yeah, but you know, there's like a if you're at somebody's place, you would assume there'd be etiquette surrounding that. Like you wouldn't actually have drinks anywhere near the machines, and you got to remember that these machines they they're not they're they're designed to be thrown around and cigarettes stubbed out on them in the bars. Like they're designed to be flogged to death. They're made. Yeah, but when a guy is like one of our guys has a getaway. Mm. And he's been restoring it. He just painted the outside of the cabinet piano black lacquer. Oh, really? So, <laughs> so, so piano... I'm talking about guys that treat these things like jewels. <laughs> it's Jeez, that they, they really don't want a uh, you know a drink ring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So has he? So he's done it in piano black lacquer, but he's kept the original decals underneath it. Like he's essentially oversprayed the decals. No, he redid everything. Wow. So he's put new decals on and then clear coated yeah. it with piano black. Wow. Yeah. He. That I haven't. Uh, he's only shown pictures to us. Yeah. Um. He's the one that usually hosts on Super Bowl, so I'll see it then. Uh. He's also the guy who he had a Wizard of Oz, and just on the opposite side of it was Firepower and mm-hmm. Whirlwind. And that firepower, he just finished restoration on. This is the one that he put the dar- uh, the drop targets oh, on. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was his firepower was shinier than Wizard than of Oz. The, the Wizard of Oz, like yeah. he obviously clear coated using automotive clear coat. On uh, he had a uh, CPR playfield. Oh wow! So yes, so it, it was, was clear coated. Wow. Yeah, he got that. But I mean, there was there was not a flaw on this thing. I mean, it was gorgeous, and his whirlwind also was. Like uh, crate fresh type no, of. It, it was immaculate. I mean, yeah. it, it was crazy how polished it it looked. Um, so it yeah, like I'm sure he area ball had rolled on us, <laughs> something like that. So yeah. I know that he he said he'd been working on getaway for some time, and he actually had a new translate designed. Um, mm. So I'm curious to see what that hit. Oh, his previous wow. one was featured hot chicks. I think you've actually seen the picture of it. I posted yeah. um, somebody else bought that translate off of him. And this current one, he had one of the guys in our group is an artist. And so he had him paint up a vehicle and uh, that was going to be his new translate. But well, the, cool. the cabinet, yeah, he had completely rebuilt the cab, just butter smooth and uh, yeah, piano black. I'm like, Oh, that's going to be gorgeous. I've heard that some folks who have got um, machines with cabinet decals on, they're looking a bit dodgy and they want to actually essentially redo the, the cabinet themselves. What they're actually doing is getting cabinet makers to build them new cabinets again. There's a place in mm-hmm. Australia that does it um, mm-hmm. and they'll fabricate you a, a cabinet and then all you need to do is just give it a light sand and put a, a spray of black over the top. You don't have to do any filling or any of that sort of stuff that takes all the time. Mm-hmm. Then get a decal kit from over your way and um, stick it on and you're done. Yeah. And you essentially got like this, this really solid cabinet that's going to last years and years. It hasn't been like, you know, taken back and like on and off the back of pickups and yeah. bashed around. And you know, like this thing is going to last you for ages. And I think it's like $600 or something Australian to get it done. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to restore restore a pinball machine that is money in the bank 
Well, sure. he even had on the uh, on the legs. He had the leg protectors, so that uh, was it rubber oh, yeah. or plastic that goes on the corner, so that the legs aren't yep. rubbing against the wood. I mean, <laughs> I would too if I piano piano blacked it totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but this is on on any of the tables that he's had restored. So on the yeah, like I said, firepower whirlwind. Yeah. Wizard of Oz had it. It's like, man, he's supposed to be getting Hobbit. Yeah, he's supposed to be getting Hobbit, so I'll be able to play that next time we go over to his. So that'll be interesting to get my hands on, because I'm not impressed with Wizard of Oz. It's, Uh, I don't know. The the table flow just, it it isn't there for me. I played the crap out of it when I was at Free Gold Watch, and I really enjoyed it. They had a limited edition version at Free Mm -hmm. Gold Watch when I was there, and it was fun to play. Um, it was a, it was clown vomit vibrant though. But yeah, um, you know that's part of that game's feature. Like it, it's supposed to, you know, dazzle you with light. Well, yeah, um, no, it looks gorgeous, but I just didn't. Uh, I don't know. There was, there was just no even flow. though even though you're dealing with brand new flippers and everything, it didn't mm-hmm. seem like it had much power. It played like a, it played kind of like an EM I, in terms of strength. It seemed. I don't know. It. it and and the way the ball flowed around, unless you went up to that the on the right hand side, the upper area, that was like the quick area. But everything else, mm. it kind of had a slower feel to it, and I don't know, it just didn't grab my attention. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, apparently it's still a top owner out on location. I was I listened to a, another pinball. Well, yeah, it's a new pinball. <laughs> um, well, yeah, but you know, there's sometimes new pinballs don't earn as much as old pinballs do. Uh, on location, there's this one podcast called the Coinbox Pinball Podcast, and these guys are hobbyist operators um, with machines in a bowling alley in the US. And they have they're pretty open when they're talking about their percentage of earnings. They don't talk about dollar values, but percentage earnings. Um, a lot of their their fleet is new sterns, mm-hmm. and um, you know, for them, for a long time, The Walking Dead was a real high earner for them. Yeah. When they got, um, strangely enough, when they put eight ball deluxe in, it was even giving the Sterns a run for their money. Um, so goes to show you, yeah, the the classics people latch onto them because it's nostalgic. But you know, I think if I was to set up an arcade, which is a dream of mine, when I get all that money, all that yeah. money from like the magic factory that makes the money and sends it to yes. me, yes, you know, I would love to get up like a destination location for pinball here in in Queensland. There's already kind of one down in the, on the Gold Coast, um, which we've talked about in past podcasts. But mm. um, the problem with that is it's so far away from me and there's nothing on the north side of Brisbane where we, where we are. So, yeah, it'd be great to get like this place set up where you could go and play the latest machines. Like when I was thinking of doing it, I was going, well, you know, it'd be great. I'd put my money down on America's Most Haunted, have that on location. Um, you know, do that sort of stuff to get people in um, and playing it and getting them able to play these games that are like, you know, such limited runs and they probably never get to see them in their life ever unless they know yeah. a mate who's very rich and actually, you know. Has I mean, them. truth be told, that's what I feel about. I don't know if I'll see America's Most Haunted. I am dying to see Big Lebowski. You know, I'm hoping somebody winds up buying that. Um, you know, full throttle. To I'd like to. Benton. And um, go and go to the pub and play it there <laughs> in Wisconsin, where they've got the yeah. um, <laughs> where Spooky Pimble have got them on location. That'll be about the only way. Yeah, because there there is no loca- there is no location here that is going to be buying any of the new 
tables and you know mm-hmm. putting them on site. Um, yep. So it's it's entirely up to the these you know like collectors this. that I go and do their house and, and whether or not they're going to drop the coin on you know you hear them talking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they tend to, to go show. to California Extreme or. Uh, any of these pinball shows that are in the area to try and test out the machines and see if there's actually something that they want to purchase. Yeah. There's very few of the guys that are like, you know, we have a oh, yeah, dropping, dropping the money before I've even touched the thing. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a, I think everyone's pretty gun shy about that now in the industry with um, what happened with um, John Papa Duke and, and a couple yeah. of the other ones like Skip B and stuff. So yeah. I think the, the model moving forward is as Nate from coast to coast has talked about constantly, is just yep, build the machine, offer it, and then people will buy it. Although mm-hmm. what what I did find really strange, just talking about um, earnings and stuff, is that um, of all the machines, Woe Nelly was on the top of the earnings list in the latest <laughs> pinball magazine. Woe Nelly, how is that on the top of the earnings list? I don't know. It's kind of insane. Anyhow, have you um, played it? No, I haven't. Of course, I haven't. There's no one's going to have Warren yeah. Nelly down here. All right, all right. Well, you know, yeah. it, it's. I mean, it's it plays just like, it plays just like an EM, but yeah, it, but with the, solid the pluses strength. of a solid state, yeah, like the reliability, um, and it looks fantastic. Mm. I mean, like the, the deluxe version of it with the crate. Wow, just oh, the crate! It, it it screams for your attention. I mean, you can't help but walk over to it and take a glance at it. And then once you're standing there, it's like, you, well, I might as well play it too, you know. So that, it, that doesn't pub, surprise me. But if that was on location on the crate, man, it would just like rake the money in because it's so different. Well, see, this is what I think was why Adam's family was so successful because mm. it looks great just standing there. And the attract mode is it attracts. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's something that is there's there's something timeless about it. And, you know, even if you've never seen the movie, you've heard the yeah. You know, it is so pervasive in the ether that you you recognize it immediately. And it's one of those that you're just going to naturally gravitate toward. You know, that's why somebody just posted in the forum, if you could own, own only one table ever for the rest of your life. Which would it be? Which would it be? And a lot of people threw up Adam's family, and I was like, I, I can't necessarily disagree. It's, it it's a classic. A it's a fair choice. Um, like, for you have to look for longevity, I think, if you're going to own one for the rest of your life. and. There's lots of stuff to do on that game. You, you've got to look at gameplay mechanics as well as um, the actual features of the game as well. Because you could have a game full of features like um, at, um, Wizard of Oz, for example. But if it doesn't resonate with you, right. or you just don't like the flow, or there's something about it, it doesn't make it a good game for you. That's the thing. Yeah, because some people immediately were like, oh, I go for this table because it's got you know a really, really, really deep modes. And I'm like, well, do you like that's it? Cool. Yeah, exactly. That's you're basing it solely off of. Well, it's going to take me a long time to get through it. Yeah, but so is War and Peace. But we want to read that cover to cover, <laughs> like you know, you know. Uh... But if you if you got something like Adams, then hey, if people come over, they're going to want to play with it too. And you always say pinball's more fun with people. It's more fun to compete. That's right. Yeah, more you fun can to have compete, dog games so... on it. You know, we you have. Know. I don't know whether it's um, something you guys do. At your uh, pinball tournaments, but we have a thing here called dollar games, 
And basically, you're, you know, for amusement only, how it says on the pinballs yeah. on the yeah, for amusement only, yeah, we break that rule. So <laughs> we use it as a, um, a wagering tool and uh, we play, you know, put five bucks down each and whoever wins the game gets to take the kitty. Um, so, yeah, yeah. There, I haven't seen any uh, monetary exchanges at our at our league. Um, again, because all the, the tables are set to free play. So it's not yeah. like you know, you've got a pocket full of quarters anyway. This isn't so much like putting dollar in the machine to play. This is like right. No, I know. Getting, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Bit, you know, <laughs> making it a little bit sweeter if you win, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it because I'm not good enough, and I just lose my money. Although right. you know, they do have pokies, poker machines on site at the um, pinball place, and really, if I was to get more enjoyment out of it, I should just save my dollars um, and play dollar games instead of. Um, playing um, poker machines because at least I'd have a chance of winning. It's not pure um, right. random luck. Skill, yeah. So yeah, maybe I'll do that next time. Um, yeah. So, well, hey, you know what? Uh, for for a blockade back room that isn't supposed to feature much pinball, we've been talking pinball probably for the last half hour. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I know. I kind of engineered it like that a bit. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, fun times. So there is pinball in this um, back room, because uh, yeah, not because that anybody reason. will know. <laughs> not that anyone will know. There's only a few people online here in um, the blab room. So, um, gee, they'd be pretty annoyed if they um, they were here and we were doing our actual topic today. Oh, I know. Yeah, that we have recorded previously, and uh, I'll be editing over the course of the next couple of days. I don't know whether um, I need to do like a special bump for these uh, interview things. Maybe I should work on one so we can just do it like an in- interview special type of thing. Because I think moving forward, these might actually start to become more prevalent. And that's a good thing. But we'll see how that goes, right? Uh, yeah. You're going to be booking them? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> okay. Let's keep right, asking. So Jared is now a booking coordinator. If I'm, you would booking, to... I'm the booking agent for Yeah, you're the uh, booking agent. Day. Yeah, that's right. We'll move uh, you into a producer uh, uh, status. Well, post processing. I'm the um, post edit. I'm in post editor, so um, I could just. What the hell um, do I do? You, you, you run. You steer the ship. I just stoke the engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stoke the engine. You steer the ship, and wear the pretty hat. Do you, do you greet all the passengers as they come on too? Yes, I, I shake the hands and say, uh-huh. well, welcome, to the, welcome to the ship, ship SS Blockade. And then now and then I invite people to sit at my table at dinner. That's right, exactly. Yeah, and they feel really happy while I'm downstairs shoveling the coal into the... Into the <laughs> yeah. Or, or like going command T and cutting out all the white space in, our, in the post-processed, like... Um, the, the awkward gaps of silence that we sometimes have in the podcast. Yeah, that's me control command teeing on the Mac <laughs> to stoke the <laughs> fires of the audio <laughs> engine. Yeah, that's me. Uh, but I like it. It's fun. I like all right. the audio the editing stuff. It's good. Glad you do. That's why this works. Yeah, it, does. <laughs> it works well. Alrighty. Well, hey, uh, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna wrap it on up. Yeah, let's wrap it up, eh? All right. Well, thanks for everybody for listening to the blockade back room. We will resume regular podcasting on the usual times. This is always just a little bonus. If we feel like throwing it in, we feel like throwing it in. So yeah, we will. 
and who knows, maybe next time, maybe next time I'll actually have, you know, a camera. Yeah, that'd be and good. Such. Because yeah. right now my hand is going numb holding this mic in the same place for all this time. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be tough. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, oh, uh, first we'll world problems. Time, yeah, first all right. world problems indeed. We'll <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. The Black A proper, not Black Room, not Back Room. Yes. <laughs>